Hello, Mama. Hope your day is so glorious. I am excited to dive into our topic today as we talk about essentially how to love our husbands better, uh, how to connect with them more, how to kind of help them let their walls down when they feel loved and supported. And (laughs) admittedly, and you you should know this if you've been around here for a minute, but this is like not an area of strength for me. Um, There are certain days or even weeks, uh, maybe even months where I feel strong in this way, but honestly, it's, it's a battle that I'm constantly having to fight. It doesn't just come naturally. God has really taught me this over the years, and sometimes I choose to listen and obey, and sometimes I start getting in my head and into selfishness and into, well, I need justice because I'm right, and I need an apology and all that kind of road. So uh, I share this with you out of a place of I've seen when I'm better able to connect with my husband, and I've seen when it's harder. And I can so visibly see the differences in what is happening. Now, ultimately, the things I'm going to share with you, they're not going to work 100% of the time because our husbands obviously still have their own choice in the matter. They still have their own free will to decide what they're going to do, to decide how they're going to respond. So, you know, this is, isn't going to work like foolproof plan. This is always going to work and you're going to get your husband to lower his defenses. No, but you being consistent in these things across time. And, and when I say consistent, I don't mean perfect. I mean, just daily choosing and trying to do your best with these and growing in them over time. And when you mess up, you know, talking, talking that through. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is apology. Cause man, you know how passionate I am about apologies. <laughs> So we got to go there, but I don't mean, yes, I don't mean perfection. It's just trying to be consistent with these. And so across time, I do believe that if your husband is, is in the marriage, this will help his, let his walls down. I know some of you, you know, this isn't true for your husbands. Uh, Maybe your husbands already have their walls down. They're the one maybe seeking and trying to connect with you because your walls are up. But ultimately, I think this, all of these things are ways that every single one of us can love our husbands better, help them feel more supported. And ultimately, this leads to so much fruit in so many areas, right? This is being obedient to Christ because this is what God tells us to do is to submit to our husbands and to love them. And this also obviously benefits ourselves because when we're obedient to God, it blesses us. And then of course it trickles down to our children and, and what they're learning from watching our relationship uh, in our marriage. You know, and there's so much there. So I hope that these will encourage you today and just help you to um, just just to push forward and to, to see things a little bit differently. So I'm excited to dive in and let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, so excited to talk about this topic. When I say excited, though, 
Oh, am I excited? That's a good question. <laughs> Probably not. You know, I even just yesterday had a really rough moment with my husband where I just really, you know, let all of these small moments add up and get to me. And I just felt um, unloved. I felt alone. I felt you know, just not seen or cared for. And instead of focusing on allowing God to fill those places of hurt and speaking truth to myself from God's word, I kind of let those like offenses just stack up in my heart and it created just some ugliness in me. And this, um, you know, I kind of referenced it earlier, but I have this, this intrinsic fight for justice, which can be good in that I really am passionate about justice issues and I want to always try and do the right thing. It doesn't mean I always do, but it is something that I aim for, um, when I'm not deeply in my pain. Um, but you know, so it can be good. It can, it, it drives me forward. It makes me passionate. It, it can really just help me, um, keep going when it's hard you know, even in the past has led me to being fired in a job. I think I shared about that recently where I, you know, felt like it was the right thing to do. There was warning signs that this unhealthy person was going to fire me. And I just felt like I wanted to stand up for what was right. So there's, there can be good things, but there's a downside to it too. And sometimes this justice, um, it can be skewed when my pain gets involved. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with pain, essentially this is just your, your core woundings create this pain, these pain points inside of you. Uh, we all have about three of them. This is um, from restoration theory, which is a theory I use as a therapist. And now I use it as a coach and I'm super passionate about it. If you jump into the Academy with me, this is kind of the the format for all of what we do is we dive into your pain and your peace cycle and help you walk through that. So you know how to get out of any situation where you get triggered and you rewire your brain to make that happen less often. But all that to say, like all the work that I've done, I've, I've can see the huge difference in doing years of my four steps and walking through my pain and peace cycles, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect, right? We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. And so in watching myself, be imperfect. When my pain gets triggered, my sense of justice can be skewed and it, it becomes this driving force in me where I I have this need to see what is right done or to have a wrong righted. And I will fight for that to the death. <laughs> like, like literally, not literally, but like I get ugly. It gets ugly. That's kind of somewhere some of my anger comes from. And so I had a moment like this just yesterday where I just let those offenses stack up in me and I just let it get to me and let my pain take over. And I, you know, spoke to my husband in a really disrespectful, unkind, unhonoring way and was not proud of myself for that. And, you know, I apologized to him and um, you know, we, we made up for all of it, but all that to say, like this sense of justice can get me in trouble sometimes. And so I, I share all of this coming from that place of like, just yesterday, I didn't do these things. And so I, but I have seen the effect of them when I have chosen them. And even in these last couple of years, maybe last year, I have chosen them far more often than I did even the years prior. And so I think, you know, I'll have those moments like yesterday, but it, it just keeps stacking up where I get stronger and stronger in my ability to see things through this lens and my ability to act on this. And so I hope I'll encourage you just to 
just to become maybe aware of some areas that are sticking points for you that you would um, like to see some movement in. And, um, you know, if you've just been struggling in your marriage and you don't know how to connect, you, you feel like you just keep hitting a brick wall. You don't know how to get your husband to open up. You don't know how to create a safe space for both of you to have conversations and, and even talk about like the things you're doing to each other that are challenging, right? And this is how you create that kind of space. And it starts with you. You can't wait for your husband to do it. You can't blame him and say it's his fault. No, like you have so much power, um, in this marriage. I think, I don't know, this is a weird way to look at it, but I feel like both people have more than 50% power because ultimately when they take action, whether it's you or your husband, it has a huge impact on the other person in a way that, you know, it's not going to fully, again, 100% turn them around, but it can really change things just from your half. So um, we'll go with 51% on each side. That doesn't make sense, but <laughs> all you mathematicians are like, no, that doesn't make sense. Okay, but let's jump into it. I have uh, six different things that you can do in order to help your husband let down his walls. Okay, the first one is to see him how others see him. Like I, I, this hit me the other day. I was talking with my husband during our sacred time. Our sacred time is like our committed hour a week where we sit down, no electronics, no kids face to face. And we talk about what's on our heart. We talk about sometimes our dreams. We talk about what was hard. We talk about the challenges in our relationship. We talk about just all of the real stuff and we just go there. And during this time, my husband was sharing, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I think I was actually sharing actually about, I think one of you that had sent a really kind email to me and it just was so encouraging to me. And I was just like blown away by, by how encouraging it was. It was like, I am, I just am humbled by this. And he, he shared like, oh yeah, there's, you know, this one, I've known people like that where they just like, can't stop talking about me in such like, in such a high way. And it just hit me. It's something so small. He said, and he didn't even give like a specific scenario where this happened. And he wasn't, you know, trying to trump what I said. He was just, you know, sharing in that moment. And, but I just had this realization, like there are people that when they look at him think, wow, he is incredible. Like he, you know, cause he's, he's oversees a lot of people at work. Like he's their boss for a lot of people. And even in his, uh, you know, company and in that realm, his business realm, like he's just amazing at what he does. And so he's seen as an expert in a lot of ways. And so I just think about like the number of people that look at him and think like, wow, he is just incredible at what he does. Like, who is this guy? Wow. And, you know, obviously I thought that about him at one point and (laughs) I still do sometimes, but I think all of us that are married, at least most of us know, and I know some of you are better at this than I am. Um, I know for sure because I've heard people, you know, talk about this, but this is not necessarily an area that comes naturally for me. And I think it's so easy in, in marriage as you get more and more and more comfortable with, with each other, as you do life for longer and longer together and you go through seasons, you see ugly parts of each other, you see the crazy parts of your children, you like you go in, go through so much with this person. You get so comfortable and you know, you see that person like at their worst, right? You see them when they're sick, you see them when they're going to the bathroom, you see them like in the most vulnerable ways. And so it can be so easy to just kind of 
lower your view of them in a way. And, you know, cause you, you focus on your frustrations with them. You focus on what they're not doing. You focus on how they're not meeting the certain need of yours or how you think they could parent better or they could clean up better or like whatever it is, right? We all let those, those perspectives taint our view of this person, whether we're intending to or not. And most of the time I know we're not, but it sneaks in. And so I just had this realization like, wow, this view I have of him is so lowered. Now I'll have moments where I'm like, wow, he's so amazing. But you know, those don't honestly come a ton (laughs) because marriage is hard, right? Um, And when we're dating you, I know I saw him a little bit more that way. However, like even in our dating, like we had been friends for 10 years before that. So it, you know, it wasn't, I never saw him as like perfect, right? And, And he's not perfect, right? Our husbands are not perfect, but they are amazing. Every single one of them. They're amazing. They're created by God intentionally. They, God designed them before they went into their mama's belly, right? Like they are crafted well by the creator of the universe who's put specific gifts and talents and passions and uh, just the most incredible things inside of them. And there are so many things they do so well. And so we need to, to stop more often than we think and remind ourselves of this. How can we remind ourselves to see our husbands in this light? How can we remind ourselves to, to see them as these amazing creatures that God made them to be with their flaws and all, but, but also with the amazing parts of them and really just kind of allowing that perspective to take over and even try and make it the default, right? Like when we start nitpicking, we'll just be reminded like, Hey, wait a minute. Yes, they're imperfect. Just like I am, but he's so amazing at this. He's so amazing at this. You know, it's even just like the practice of gratitude that I, I try and do anytime I start getting into like a negative uh, space where I'm worried or where I'm frustrated or feel hopeless. I just start, you know, listing out loud things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my feet that I can walk. I'm grateful for a house to stay warm in. I'm grateful for cozy blankets on my bed. I'm grateful for enough food and water that I can eat and drink anytime I want, right? The list goes on and on. Like, and there's these crazy things we take for granted. And we need to do the same thing with our husbands. Like when we start getting into that negative space where we're just seeing all of the negative things that they're doing, we just need to start going for gratitude. I'm grateful that he said yes to me. I'm grateful that he chooses me every day. I'm grateful that he chooses to be a father. I'm grateful that he reads to our kids. I'm grateful that he cooks for us. I'm grateful that he provides for us. I'm grateful that he doesn't complain about providing. I'm great, right? You can like keep going and going and everyone's list is going to look a little bit different, but we've got to think through that lens. And when those thoughts the negative thoughts start coming up. We've got to remember to see him. And you can even look at it this way. See him, how God sees him. Like, how does God look at him? Right? God doesn't look at us and see all of our sin and our flaws and our brokenness. God looks at us as like, wow, I created you. You're amazing and beautiful and wonderful and more than a conqueror and uh, a son of the king, a daughter of the king. Right? And so we've got to see our husbands in the same way. Okay. Easier said than done, I know. But just to like try and keep that in your mind, like when you start going down that rabbit hole, start listing those gratitudes and start thinking about how how God sees him. All right, number two is to stop trying to hold him accountable for his sin. I think I've talked about this a lot, but it's just so, so important. And it's something, I feel like I shared about it recently. I can't remember if I talked about it with you, but it definitely happened recently. 
where I started falling back into my old habit of trying to hold him accountable for his own wrongdoing, his own sin, his own mistakes, because, you know, it goes to that sense of justice I'm talking about, where if I see him do something wrong towards me or whatever, I feel like he has to apologize. Like if he doesn't apologize, I'm not going to move on. And I just plant my feet in the ground and Uh, you know, try and force an apology, which as most of you know, that have tried this, it does not ever work. (laughs) They might eventually say, okay, I'm sorry. Right. But then it doesn't mean the same thing because it didn't really come from their heart. Or even if it did, you can't really tell because you told them to say it. It, It's just, it never goes well. Right. (laughs) And so we have got to stop this. We got, you know, reminded me just the other day when I was really struggling with this, he just reminded me of like, I have to focus on my own self. I'm the only one, like that is the only person I'm in charge of is, is myself focusing on my own sin, my own mistakes, even my kids. Like it's a little different with kids, right? We're having to coach them and give them consequences and coach them through their sin. Um, but even them, I'm not responsible for their sin. Like that is up to them and their choice. And so obviously even more for our husbands, like, so instead of trying to like get him to, uh, take ownership, to apologize to whatever you're looking for, like you can bring it up in, in a healthy place, not from pain and say, Hey, when you did this, it hurt me. Um, can we talk about that? But we don't say, Hey, I need you to apologize. Hey, you are in the wrong here right? We, we allow God to do that work because ultimately the Holy Spirit is the only one that's going to be able to do that well. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just going to lead to just digging a deeper hole and it's not going to go anywhere well. And so, you know, this also just creates trust when we um, can focus on ourselves and not constantly need our husbands to take ownership. Cause I mean, how often are we missing moments where we take ownership? You know, this is, we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but you know, I do take radical ownership of things that I do wrong, but even in that, I know I miss something sometimes intentionally. Cause I'm like, just, I'm sick of apologizing. I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> or I know there's things that I don't even realize I'm doing that I, I miss. Right. And so like, there's plenty for us to take responsibility for. We do not need to waste our time and energy trying to take responsibility for someone else. It's not going to go well. And if we want our husbands to trust us, let, let, and and feel like he can let his walls down. He needs to know that when, when he talks to you, you're not going to berate him. You're not going to make him like confess and apologize and focus on all his wrongdoings, right? Like he needs to know you're a safe place. And we do that by focusing on our own stuff. Okay. Number three, talk about how, what is going on. If, if he's in a hard moment, talk about how that isn't who he is. Okay. So for example, I know this needs a little more context, but like when he is having a hard moment, week, season, whatever it is, maybe it's like, he's speaking disrespectfully to you. Like instead of saying, don't speak to me that way. (laughs) I can say that sometimes it's that justice it's messy. Um, it doesn't go well when I say that though, obviously, cause I'm being disrespectful, even in the way I'm saying that <laughs> But when I approach him and I'm like, and, and honestly, like, I, I want to make sure I'm giving credit to my husband. He really like, he can be frustrated sometimes just like all of us, but he is never like very rarely does he yell. Does he raise his voice? He doesn't talk in like, and doesn't say mean names. Like, so when I'm talking disrespectfully, it's just cause he's like, has this annoyed tone to his voice and that really triggers me. And so I can find myself in those moments. Um, but when I approach him in a different way and I'm like, Hey, like, 
the way you're speaking right now, like it, it's hurting me. And I know this isn't who you are. Like you are so loving and caring and you're so patient. Like you do such a good job, never raising your voice and, and, you know, speaking in love. And like, this is not who you are. Like, I know you're this amazing, loving husband. So what's, what's going on. Right. And so like speaking into him, who, who, he really is. It's going back to that number one about speaking into him, how God sees him, how the truth of who he is, right? We are not what we do. Like no matter how much we sin, that sin does not define us. It doesn't change who we are because ultimately we are all children of God, whether we reject God or not. It That's another story, but we all are created good by God. And he made us, he designed us well. And so in that, we need to speak that into our husbands and remind him of that truth. Just like we need that reminder of truth because we can begin to let our our sin define us, which is like where shame comes from. And so we need that truth spoken over us. We need to speak that to ourselves. So we want to do the same for our husbands because being in that cycle of shame is never going to lead us anywhere good. And ultimately, if, if our husband's, feel like we're defining them, or even if they're defining themselves by their wrongdoing, by their mistakes, by their um, shortcomings, that's only going to lead them more to that. Because when we see that as who we are, it's like, well, why even try? Why, why would I try? Because this is just who I am. Why would I even try again? Because it just always goes this way. This is just what, what I'm going to do because this is how I am. And so we need to help our husbands step out of that perspective and speak that truth into them because that truth is what's going to set them free from that and allow them to see a different possibility. Allow them to see that that, that they are more than that, that that is not the only option. And the way we do that is to speak that truth. Uh, another example is like, you know, there's been mo- like weeks where my husband's just stressed and he's kind of in his head. And so he's just not showing me affection as much. He's not like giving me those little hugs or kisses like he often does. And so, you know, instead of like attacking, right, if I'm in my pain, that's how I would react of like, why haven't you been hugging me? Like you are just, you don't even love me anymore, right? <laughs> I really do sound like that sometimes. It's embarrassing, but it's real. Like I less and less as I've grown and gotten stronger, but oh, it's so yeah, it's ugly. It gets ugly. But instead of doing that, right? I I could say, "Hey, you know, you haven't been showing me as much affection lately." Now, to do this, I have to be in a place of peace. So if you know your four steps, you need to do that first. I usually try and have like a moment with God. I usually try and do it not in like the heat of a moment like you know, maybe he just walked in the door and didn't hug me. And so I'm really like triggered by that. So I try not to talk about it in that moment. I try and deal with that on my own with God and work through it. Now, if, if you're really good with your four steps and you are practiced at that, you could totally in that moment, practice your four steps with your husband and work through it that way. Um, and sometimes I'll do that, but ultimately a lot of times I'm just going to try and get like regulated with God and, and, get solid so that when I have this conversation with my husband, that's already very challenging for me, that I am, am better prepared not to be on the attack. And so I'll say like, hey, you know, you, you haven't been showing me affection, I feel like that much this week. And I know you've been stressed, but you know, ultimately like it, it does hurt me. I feel distant from you. I don't like, it's hard to feel connected to you. And I know this isn't who you are. Like, you know, cause you know, even after I'll say that sometimes I'll pause and he'll just be like, well, that's just, you know, 
how I am, you know, it's just who I am. And I'll be like, no, like, actually, like, you've been so loving, like who you are is such a good, good, loving husband. And you're so good at showing affection better than I am. And, you know, I'm just like reminding him of that. And then I'll just say like, Hey, what's going on? Like what, why has, what do you think has been going on that has led to you kind of withdrawing a little bit? And so just trying to to be curious and allow him space to, to share like what has contributed to him being in that space and being okay with that. Because ultimately we, you know, we want our husbands to just like they want us, they, we want them to be solid even when it's hard. Like even when life is hard, we want them to be kind and loving and connected, right? Like it, it's never like an excuse and ultimately it's not, but we, we want that all the time. We want that consistency. However, the reality is that's just not going to happen. Cause again, we're not perfect. They're not perfect. That's, that's impossible. And so giving them that space for them to, to kind of even reflect on like why they've been in that space and what's going on and them knowing that you're a safe place to talk about that with, without you being like, well, you should, you need to hug me even when you're stressed. Like that's not okay that you're doing that. Right. Like, we're not going there. We're allowing them, the Holy Spirit to do that work and them to reflect. And we're trusting that that's all happening and that it's not our job to do that. Okay. So talk about who he is and how this behavior isn't who he is. (laughs) If that makes sense. All right. Number four, kind of already touched on this, but take radical responsibility for your stuff. So I talk about this all the time, just how much, how important it is to apologize with your husband, with your kids, with everyone, like take radical responsibility. What I mean by that is like, if your husband has been a jerk all week and like just rude to you and just, just like, you're like, really? And you keep trying your best and it's just not working right. There's now I'm not saying don't address that stuff. Like, uh, as you've heard me say, like you do address it, you address it in this gentle way in the right moment and in all these things. But ultimately, like, even when you can see far more flaws in what they're doing, if you will, far more sin, like we still often will have moments where our sin comes out too where we're short with them and we're like, fine. And then we just walk away, right? Where we're not loving, where we're not giving them grace, where we're not being a safe place. Like what are the little things that you have done that you can take radical responsibility for? Like, Hey babe, I'm sorry that I raised my voice there. Will you forgive me? And you, you do that even when they're not doing it on their end and that's okay. And it does hurt and it is hard, but over time it will change. Um, and if not, (laughs) I mean, I do believe it will, if, you know, keep praying too, but ultimately what, like we go back to that first thing, what we're responsible for is ourselves. And so in the very least, we are taking accountability for our own selves. And that's like what God wants us to do is to have that sin confess, to do our job on our side of the relationship. And you know what else we need to do? And this actually is even harder for me, at least than apologizing. (laughs) It is to let him tell you what you're doing wrong. Uh, Now, all of this, I want to make sure we're not talking about an abusive relationship. We're not talking about someone that demeans you and calls you names and, uh, you know, just tears you down with their words. Like that's, that's not acceptable. And if you're in that kind of relationship, you apologizing and overly taking responsibility is not going to resolve that, that you need professional help, um, some strong boundaries. You need to get some leadership in your life to help you through that. Some, yeah, a a professional therapist, because that, that's not gonna, that's not okay. 
And that's not at all what we're talking about. We're talking about a husband that's generally respectful, but has hard weeks and flaws and, you know, just regular stuff going on that makes him imperfect. Okay. And, and also just along those lines too, I'm not talking about overly taking responsibility. I'm not saying like to say that, oh, you know, I'm sorry that I was short with you. I know it's my fault that you yelled at me because I was short with you. No, ultimately he is still responsible regardless of what happened before that moment. He is responsible for his stuff and you're responsible for yours. So don't, you don't need to take ownership for more than what is yours, but just take radical ownership for what is yours. I hope that makes sense because we don't want to, um, create that codependency. We don't want to, um, have unhealthy boundaries where we're trying to be like the savior or we're trying to fix them. Um, it's, it's just looking at our own junk, our own sin. This is work you got to do with God so that you have clarity on what that looks like. And then with that, we take full responsibility for it. All right. Number five, let him, this is a good one. <laughs> and this is like a classic scenario in marriage that people struggle with. I, me included, let him load the dishwasher without fixing it. (laughs) Really like let him load the dishwasher however he wants. Or if it's not the dishwasher for you guys, like insert here, whatever that is, let him do the laundry, let him do the lawn, let him parent the kids, let him clean up, like whatever that is, let him do it the way that he does it without fixing it. Now with, I do want to give a caveat here since I threw in parenting there. Now that doesn't mean that you don't try and get on the same page in parenting. You guys do want to be a team and, and try and talk through like your values as a parent and your approach and, you know, maybe read a book together and trying to get on the same page there. But ultimately like you, you don't need to go and like correct him in each little moment and tell him what he did wrong. Um, but so yeah, going back to that. So don't, don't go and fix what he did. And Also, you need to acknowledge that he does things differently differently than you, and that is not bad. It's actually good. Actually, uh, I love what one of the pastors at my church says. She said um, that our kids, like she firmly believes that our kids need both of like what we bring for them as well as what our husbands bring for them, and that our kids need both. And that makes sense. Like God orchestrated this whole family. God created your husband. God made your kids. Like God intended for the strengths and weaknesses of both sides to contribute to these kids. And so, you know, even for an example, like I, you know, love teaching about the Bible and talking with our kids that way. And you know, I kind of am more serious a lot of times. Now I can, I have fun and play too. I, we do do that, but my husband's really good at like introducing my kids to fun things like uh, music and movies and, um, sports, like things that I just don't have the patience for. And I just don't really care about, but really like, I think those are important things to be a well-rounded person to, to like enjoy life. God created life for us to enjoy. And so those are very good things. And so my kids need both of that. They need the seriousness that I have and the teaching that I bring, but they also need to explore these things and, and like play sports and watch movies and, you know, do all of these things. And so that's something so important that I can like easily devalue, right? Especially if I'm like, oh, well, I teach them this and I can get in pride and, and, you know, he teaches them other more serious things too. But like, if I compare those two things, I can be like, well, 
what I have to offer is more important, but that's not true at all. Like those things are just as valuable in a different way. Now, yes, ultimately our biggest aim is to teach our kids to love Jesus, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm just talking about how we all bring different aspects that our kids need. And so we need to view our differences with our husbands as good things that the way he loves the dishwasher. So maybe it takes up more space and less dishes fit. Okay. Well, maybe that makes it so you run the dishwasher more often, which is actually good because you guys get on a better cycle. Maybe that means he's faster at it because you know, he's done quicker and now there's more time to do other things, right? Maybe it gets the dishes cleaner, right? Like why is our way have to be the best way? It's not. We think it is because that's the way we do it, but we have to remember that it's not the best way. It's just the way that we think is best, which is a limited perspective. And so we've got to stop fixing what they do and to, and to stop viewing it as a bad thing, like value your differences. They are needed and good. And you can learn so much from, from seeking understanding in those areas. Okay. Last one, kind of a big one, but we don't have a lot of time. So I'm just going to throw it out there. We'll have to maybe go into it another time more, but ultimately it's to trust him. Now I know that, um, it's kind of like a basic thought initially, right? Trust him. And, you know, honestly though, this is something that can be really challenging for me for whatever reason I struggle to trust. Um, now I do want to just give a quick caveat. If, if there are clear signs that your husband is not trustworthy, uh, my encouragement to you is to bring in someone that is trustworthy from the outside in and, and share what you see, share what's going on. Maybe go to therapy together, like whatever that looks like, bring in a pastor. Uh, even if it's just you having a conversation with that pastor, sharing what you think and see someone that is a leader in your life that you trust, they have wisdom, they have discernment, bring them in and see if they are seeing the same things that you are seeing, then yeah, it's time to investigate and make sure your husband husband is being trustworthy and like all of that is there. Um, but if you don't have the signs or if you bring someone else in and they're like, no, I think, I think, I think you're good. I think it's, it's in your head. Then you need to step in for, and for everyone else as well, need to step into radical trust of your husband. Um, this is one of the biggest things that is going to let his walls down is if he knows that you trust him, right? He, he's going to not gonna be able to trust you if you're not showing him that trust, not showing him like, yeah, I trust that you're going to take care of our kids. Yeah. I trust that you can parent them. Yeah. I trust that you can clean. Yeah. I trust you to go out of town. Yeah. Like, right. There's so many different levels and areas of trust in marriage. And you know, if there is like a gap of trust that you're struggling with, I love a, a phrase my pastor taught me. And he said, uh, the phrase he uses often is he chooses to trust. I choose to trust you. And I love that because sometimes there's a gap of information and you're, you're not fully sure on what things look like. You're not fully, you don't have the whole picture. And so when you ask about it, and again, like if there's a lot of red flags, go and get a, a leader in your life. But Apart from that, you need to trust and say, I choose to trust you. And so like, let him make decisions, uh, trust God and pray to God. Like if you're struggling with something, like bring it to God and ask God to give you wisdom on what to do and, and what, how to, how to proceed. Because ultimately God wants you to, to be one with your husband and to be one, you have to let him in. And if you don't trust him, you're not going to let him in. If you're not letting him in, he's not going to want to let you in, right? It's just like this vicious cycle. And so 
ultimately, the, I think even this is the biggest thing from this whole list is that we have to tell them we trust them, show them we trust them, let them make those decisions, let them be parents, let them be choose how to be a husband, like let them choose how to be a worker, like stop trying to control their every move. Stop trying to analyze and criticize every bit of what they're doing. Let's, let's show some trust. Okay. And again, I say that from a place where I have struggled with this as well. So if you, if that's you, like you're not alone, it is hard. And you know, if, if that is you dive in with God or even in therapy to like, what's underneath that, why are you struggling to trust? Like, what is that about? And try and kind of dig into a deeper answer there. Okay, mama. So this is what it looks like to try and help our husbands let their walls down. We need to see him how others see him. Stop trying to hold him accountable for his sin. Um, Speak to him about who he is, who he really is. Um, Take radical responsibility for our own stuff. Let him load the dishwasher without fixing it and trust him. (laughs) Okay. Let me pray for you because I know, I know this is challenging. Um, And I just hope this will encourage you and spark some good conversations, spark some different ways of doing things and that this will bless you guys. So let me pray. God, I just thank you for the gift of marriage. God, even when it doesn't feel like a gift always, God, it is. And I just pray you would help us to see it through that lens. God, you would help us to love our husbands the way that we are intended to love them, the way you designed marriage, God. And I pray you would help all of us, um, every wife that's listening, God, just to be able to take on these things, be able to be reminded of these things when we're in the middle of conversations or moments where we have a choice about how to respond. And God, just bring these things to mind for all of us. God, give us the strength to choose what is right. God, we know we can't do this in our own strength. It's only through your strength, God. So thank you that with you, we are always more than enough. God, and we just uh, give your marriages. We put them on the altar, God, and we say, God, have your way in them. Help us to be the wives we are called to be. God, convict us where we need conviction, God. Uh, remove shame where it needs to be removed, God, and just help us just to step into this calling as a wife, God, uh, to honor our husbands, God, the way that you intended it. God, we just thank you for your grace for us because we're going to fail. And we thank you for always equipping us and helping, calling us higher, God, um, and just taking one step at a time. You're so good, God, and we trust you and we love you. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.